Welcome to the Awaken 2008 podcast. My name is Daniel Decker, and I'll be your host over the next several weeks as we bring you interviews from some of those who are speaking at the Awaken 2008 conference, upcoming here April 1st through the 3rd at Mosaic in Pasadena, California. Now, on this first inaugural maiden voyage of our podcast, we're going to feature an interview between Bill Dallas, who's the president of CCN, the Church Communication Network, and Earl McManus, where Erwin is going to kind of share his heart and insight for Awaken and, and why they started the conference and also talk about a, a few really interesting insights from emergent to emerging to experimental churches to um, a lesson that he, he learned from a grilled cheese sandwich experience that you've got to check out. Um, talking about failed church plants, going beyond our own capacity when we're interacting and with God and, and how we set our goals and, and risk and what we do in our lives. And then uh, towards the end of that interview, uh, Bill poses a question to Erwin about the first question that he would ask God as he's standing before him. So you, you definitely want to stay tuned and check that out. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Awaken conference, I encourage you to jump on awaken2008.com. That's awaken2008.com, and you can find out all the details about the event. Again, it's April 1st through the 3rd in uh, Pasadena, California at Mosaic. It's been put on by Mosaic and the, the team there, along with CCN, the Church Communication Network, and it's going to feature uh, a ton of phenomenal speakers from Earl McManus, Bill Hybels, Lee Strobel, Henry Cloud, Mark Middleberg, Dan Kimball, Mark Batterson, Wayne Cadero, uh, Nancy Ortberg, Nancy Beach, Phil Cook. I mean, just a phenomenal lineup of speakers. But what's really going to set this conference apart from others is not just the, the amazing lineup, but the interactivity that's being built in with this so that you're going to be able to experience and interact with these speakers, but not only just the speakers, um, really structuring this event kind of as a community opportunity for you to engage those who are attending. Because you got to think about all the, the folks that are coming in for this event that have varying ministry opportunities, varying backgrounds from church planners to well-established churches to international ministries all across the board. And that's really, you know, one of the things that this conference is being set up is so that intentionally you're able to interact and learn from those who are attending as well as those who are presenting. So I encourage you again to jump on awaken2008.com. Uh, check out the conference. We hope to see you there April 1st through the 3rd in Pasadena, California. And now I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the phone interview between Bill and Erwin. Well, I'm here with Erwin McManus. Erwin is the lead pastor and cultural architect of Mosaic in Los Angeles. He has led Mosaic in a pioneering enterprise whose primary focus is to serve the postmodern, post-Western, and post-Christian world. As you probably know, he's the author of many books, including An Unstoppable Force, the Barbarian Way, and Soul Cravings. Erwin, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, it's good to be with you again, Bill. Hey, Erwin, you've got something exciting going on uh, in just a little while here in the beginning of April. It's the Awaken Conference, and there are some people here that are listening to podcasts. They may not know about it. They don't know kind of what the whole uh, how the whole thing came to be, and so I just want to kind of turn over you for a few minutes to just kind of give us the vision and what you hope to accomplish for people that attend Awaken. Sure, well, for years we've been doing different kinds of, uh, of gatherings, and they're normally word of mouth, and, um, and, and usually we're uh, using our own team at Mosaic. And this year we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to open it up to some of our friends uh, around the country and around the world. And so I just, you know, got on the phone and just started calling some of uh, the people that have... Uh, had a positive impact in our lives and people that we really admire and enjoy and think are, are uh, very insightful. And uh, before we knew, we ended up having uh, 
Bill Hybels and Lee Strobel and uh, Nancy Beach and then also uh, Wayne Cordero and Dan Kimball and Mark Batterson and um, and then we um, called uh, one of our filmmaker friends and and uh, and found some other people in the, in the area of journalism and arts and just started to bring together a convergence of people who would normally be in different tribes. You know, there seems to be so many conversations about emergence and emerging and uh, mega churches and modern churches and postmodern and and unfortunately, so many times, it's almost as if we're um, uh, in opposition with each other. So we, we wanted to create an environment where we had people who were experienced, people who were uh, experts, and people who were, um, in a sense, experimental, and bring them together and have a, a conversation this year around the idea of um, unleashing imagination, about uh, dreaming and redreaming and imagining what uh, the, the church could be like, what the future could be like. and. And, uh, and how we could unleash the God-given potential in the Church of uh, uh, Jesus Christ uh, affecting human history. You know, there's a lot of discussion today about non-traditional experimental churches out there today. I mean, how do you see the church changing as we embrace today and the unique generational styles that are occurring? Yeah, you know, I was joking around the other day, say, I'm not against traditions, I'm just against stupidity. You know, if, if a tradition works and it helps you connect to God and it helps person, a person searching for God connect to God, that's a brilliant tradition. I mean, once you've done something twice, it would be a tradition, right? And so there are a lot of uh, contemporary churches that are very traditional. Uh, they, they do the same thing every week. They uh, sing a certain style and culture of songs, have the same kind of message. Uh, and so this isn't really a... Um, traditional versus contemporary. This isn't a uh, modern versus postmodern. This is really just asking the question, um, you know, what are the values that um, drive your community faith? What are you, what are you really trying to do? Are you uh, asking the right questions? And, and are you limiting God in what he can do by not um, allowing yourself to dream and imagine what the church would be like? Uh, and, and, you know, so, Bill, I, we're, we're really not against anyone. We're for everyone and helping everyone in their own environment, their own context, uh, really maximize their God-given uh, talent and make a difference in the world they're in. You know, you've got a great story. I know we've, uh, you know, on some of the future podcasts, one of the questions that we ask or are going to be asking people in these podcasts is, is you know, we're going to be want to think outside the box. In fact, we want to erase the box, so to speak. But you, you've got a great story that you shared with me about how you – you don't want to just erase the box. You, you want to go outside of that even, even and, and look back at it. I think it was a story of you were one time in a restaurant. Could you t- share a little bit with that us? I do remember where the context came in. One day my wife was actually preparing for this conference, and, and she was, what do you think of the uh, themes around this, about thinking outside of the box? What comes to mind when you see that? And I told her, I said, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is who actually created the box? You know, it's, it's a fascinating thing when we start thinking about thinking of the box, we just immediately assume the box is where we're supposed to live. And maybe we should be asking ourselves, who threw us in the box? Why did we go there voluntarily? <laughs> and, uh, right. And how do we get out? But I don't remember the story you're talking about, Bill. Yeah, it was a, I mean, the story is exactly, you know, that is that, that we, we were inside of a box that we, in essence, put ourselves in this box, and whoever said we needed to be there. And I remember you sharing at a restaurant where you were helping somebody there um, at the restaurant kind of think that way. So my question would be is, how are you going to help us think and awaken to be outside the box? Yeah. Well, you know, that reminds me of one time when we were um, much younger, and, and my son was maybe uh, three or four years old, a little bit of a finicky eater, and we were traveling uh, through certain states. And we stopped in a restaurant, 
and uh, all Aaron would eat at that time of his life was grilled cheese sandwiches. And um, I, so I said, hey, could you, um, could you make a grilled cheese sandwich for my son? And the waitress said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve grilled cheese sandwiches. And I go, it's, it's not hard. You know, you just take two pieces of bread and slap some American cheese in the middle, you know, and, you know, grill it a little bit, let the cheese melt, and just, bring, you know, and, and she goes, well, it's not our menu. So I'll, I'll just pay whatever, you know, you, you need to charge me. She goes, I'm sorry, sir, we only serve what's on the menu. And so I looked through the menu. I said, I see you have a ham and cheese sandwich. She goes, yes, we do. I said, so you can make a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. She goes, yes, it's all right. I'd like a grilled ham and cheese sandwich with a ham on the side. And she goes, okay. <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> and, and I was so struck how uh, so many times we're genuinely limited in, in our ability to find solutions by the way we frame reality. And so at this conference at Awaken, I mean, you're going to help us, again, to stop, you know, and to go outside of the box, again, to race the lines of the box, so to speak. But one of the other things that I know you're going to be doing is you're going to be asking speakers to share some pretty authentic stories about what things that have worked for them and things that have failed. So I've got to ask you the question, tell me something in your life where you failed and how that failure has led to learning. Well, thank you, Bill. And uh, but you go first. <laughs> hey, we don't have enough time on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly right. You know that so much of our best learning comes uh, from our failure. And uh, and uh, honestly, there's so many different arenas. But I think it's even in terms of of not just um, the stories you tell, but the stories you don't tell. In that sense, because uh, recently, you know, I was asked to. Um, uh, to do a series on parenting. I've been at Mosaic for 16 years, and I've never done a series on parenting. And I talk a lot about being a parent, and, um, and, but I don't teach a whole series on parenting. And, and I was about to do that. I said yes for this spring, and then I pulled back, and I said, no, you know, my son's 19, my daughter is 16, just turned 16 last week. I said, I'm going to wait to teach on parenting until my kids are grown up, and we can get our parenting insights from other people. And because I think sometimes... Uh, we're so inclined to pretending we have expertise in everything uh, when maybe we have expertise in one thing. I was just in a meeting last night with uh, a number of, um, of business investors who have a great deal of wealth, and they were talking about starting churches in different parts of the country. And, and I was talking about this friend of mine who has helped start 600 churches across the Midwest, and I said, there's just no way in the world um, I know as much about planting churches in the context he's in. I um, try to direct the church planting movement. 20 years ago, failed dismally. We tried to plant 100 churches. Uh, we got really close. We finished with zero. And uh, so, you know, it's a pretty devastating thing when you move your whole life and family, give up all of your um, uh, economic stability, you begin to uh, spearhead a movement, and when you look back on it, it wasn't just a partial failure. It was a total failure. And, uh, and yet out of that, God, uh, one, did a lot in me, you know, not to talk about the endless amounts of uh, lessons um, of humility that came out of that, but even the learning lessons that uh, we were able to take and, and to apply as then I began to lead the congregation that became Mosaic. Uh, it was as if God just sent me through this um, ruthless gauntlet to strip me free of any kind of um, ideological arrogance, that it had to be exactly like this. And, uh, and, you know, really what it did is God just shook me like an Etch-A-Sketch, gave me a blank slate, and I just said, all right, God, how do you want to do this thing? Um, I am open game for any way you want to uh, reach the city of Los Angeles. That was a pretty horrible failure there, Bill. Now, do you think there's sometimes, though, to have, you know, great success 
or great success for God that we sometimes have to have great failure? Well, I don't know how a person can be greatly successful without failure. I mean, the only real remedy or certainty to avoid failure is to not risk. And so when a person says, well, I've never failed, I realize, oh, then you never risk at your highest capacity. Great point. You know, because, you know, I can can pretty much guarantee myself a life where I don't fail. So can you, Bill, you know? I mean, most of us are smart enough to know what we're capable of. It's living the life that goes beyond our capacity that really, uh, in a sense, postures us where if God doesn't act, we're dead in the water. And so one of the things I know that's going to happen at this conference is you're going to be challenging both you're going to challenge as well as you're going to challenge the other speakers there to really be authentic and to share some of those failures so that the people that are in attendance can, in essence, be empowered by those stories so that they'll go on and realize some of their failures were actually part of the stepping stones for them to go on to for, for success. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, people have been asking us, are we emergent or emerging? And I told them, I said, really, we're an experimental church. We're part of an experimental church movement. And the beautiful thing about that, Bill, is that a traditional church can become an experimental church. Because it, it's really about saying to God, God, we want to be your R&D department. You know, you can entrust us or call us to any venture that uh, you want to um, reach people, to bring them into a relationship with you. And you cannot talk about experimental without talking about failures. It's impossible. Well, you know, we appreciate you being on this first, you know, inaugural podcast for the Awaken 2008 conference. Um, we're going to have a series of other ones coming up over the next few weeks uh, with people like Nancy Beach and Nancy Ortberg and Lee Strobel and Henry Cloud, uh, Wayne Cadero, um, and a bunch of others. But, um, you know, you're, you're kicking this off. And what I'm going to do in each of the future ones, as well as I'm going to do right now, is ask a few personal questions that so kind of peeking behind the, the curtain just to get to know uh, the presenters a little bit better. So a couple of questions for you. Um, if you could pick your your one ideal coffee spot or coffee drink, what would it be? You know what? I, I feel like I'm committing adultery because I talk about Starbucks so much, but I have fallen in love with a place called Pete's. And Pete's makes the uh, that large 2% extra hot latte, <laughs> right. and it's like a dessert. And it's, uh, yeah, it is... Um, not an addiction, just an affection. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah, we're familiar with Pete very well being up here in the Bay Area. Um, movie, is there a movie you've seen recently that just really you said, wow, that was a great a story? Oh, man, that's a, that's a really super question. Um, you know, uh, disclaimer, this movie has a, a, a lot of profanity, especially in the first three minutes. And, uh, but if you can get past that, the movie once, which is essentially a you know hour long, ninety minute long music video. Uh, it's Irish uh, made. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. And uh, and my wife, who has no tolerance for, for, for profanity, so she never wanted to see it at the theater. We, we uh, I bought the um, you know the the DVD and she watched it and uh, she loved it. Uh, again, you have to you know understand. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's it's raw in terms of language, but the story, I think, is really authentically yeah. inspiring. And I'm familiar with the movie; it got great reviews, by the way. And then I've got to ask this question: you know, when you get to heaven and you face and you're there standing before an Almighty God, what's the first question that's going to come to your mind that you're going to ask Him? You, you know, Bill, I don't know if I'm going to be working on the questions <laughs> when I'm standing before God. 
And I think I'm going to be trying to think through my answers. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, uh, I hope I can get to the posture where I feel comfortable enough to ask a question. <laughs> and if you did, you know one that you'd ask them? Yeah, I'd say, God, what is the most intriguing, adventurous, um, breathtaking experience that I could be a part of in eternity? Uh, if there's assignments, that's the one I want. Well, well, that, that's a that's a great question. Um, well, Erwin, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you and being with you in April in Pasadena at Mosaic for the Awaken a 2008 conference. And um, is there any last things you want to say to people that are listening? They're going to be attending uh, there in Pasadena. Sure. You know, I um, I'm, I'm a part of a secular uh, community called TED. Uh, technology, entertainment, design, and I went all the way to Tanzania to be a part of this with a few hundred people. And uh, to be really frank, the speakers uh, overall were not that strong. Uh, but what made the uh, event extraordinary were the people who came to that event and just spending time with them, getting to know them. It was better than whatever happened on the platform. And I think uh, this is a part of the Awaken um, event. Now, we've got some great speakers great communicators, amazing people. But the people who are going to be at this event are the kind of people that you want to be around. Uh, you want to be inspired by them. You want to glean their insight. Uh, I just can't wait just to hang out. And for me, I, that's what really excites me. And I just encourage uh, leaders out there uh, who uh, need to be inspired and encouraged, who need some new ideas, who need to expand their faith and their imagination uh, to come to something like this, not just for the speakers, but really for the attenders to realize this is not a conference where people are just coming to hear. It is really a community where people are converging to do something together to make a difference in the world. Well, I hope everybody will attend this listening, and we're going to look forward to seeing you there. Erwin, again, thanks so much for being here today, and we'll look forward to seeing you in April. All right. Thank you so much, bro. God bless. Thanks.